You're listening to the King's Place podcast. Presenting music, comedy, spoken word, poetry, and art from around the world. Kingsplace.co.uk Hello and welcome to the King's Place podcast, a monthly podcast full of all the latest news, information and exclusive interviews highlighting the upcoming events at the venue. On this edition, we look further at some of the performers involved in the third King's Place Festival. This year's festival runs from Thursday the 9th to Sunday the 12th of September. This annual event packs 100 concerts in just four days. A showcase of everything you'd expect from King's Place, such as jazz and blues, folk, classical, spoken word, comedy and slightly more experimental music. Tickets are available for just £4.50 per concert. More details later in the podcast. So on this edition we talk to Philip Venables about his junk band project, an orchestra of cans, oil drums, bits of wood and even a drum kit made from cardboard boxes. Mezzo-soprano Laurie Lixenberg tells us about her concert involving 12th century Latin plain song, Austrian animation, electronics and a Viennese-based Schenk player. But first, one-man band John Cranthon wowed the audiences at last year's festival and this year will make a triumphant return. We caught up with this self-taught bluesman on the phone to learn more about what to expect in September. My name's John Cranston. My influences are uh, sort of early Howling Wolf, like John Lee Hooker, Booker White. My great invention, a uh, singer called Howling Wolf, uh, long dead now. And I think that was about, I was at home with my parents and I was about 14. And there was a uh, program on TV, and one of his most famous songs which he wrote, Smokestack Lightning, came on. And I'd never ever heard this kind of music before, and it's so raw and uh, hypnotic. It was just on, it's just on one chord, one riff, which goes throughout the whole three minute song. And I was mesmerized by this, and ever since then, uh, that's what made me take up guitar. When I was young, in my 20s, I played in different kind of bands. But when I started up about 15 years ago, because I stopped for quite some time, my voice had this strange um, rasping, uh, growling quality about it, which uh, sounded quite authentic, I thought, uh, which it didn't have when I was younger. So I don't know what that is. Maybe the vocal cords get looser or something. As, uh, as I got older, my voice got kind of more raw and uh, growling. I was doing a few covers and then gradually after about the first year or two I, I did mostly my own songs. Strangely enough, people say as as the years have gone by and I've got older, I seem to have got faster on the guitar, faster on the banjo, harmonica. The, the performance seems to have more impact now, I think, uh, than it did, well, when I was 15 years younger, actually. Um, what I've got is, it's called the National Steel Guitar. 
my particular one is from late 30s, about roughly 1938, and it's particularly good for playing the bottleneck slide style because it's quite loud and you can get a really nice sustained sound on the strings with the um, slide. In the old days, I think the bluesmen used to play, because they're quite loud, um, you could play them in the street and, and it, you could hear it above the noise of the traffic, but also particularly you get this uh, beautiful sustained sound from the bottleneck, that's like a crying sort of sound, which is really nice. So I played the steel guitar. I also have a harmonica around on a rack around my neck, but I have a homemade foot stomping box, which um, is microphoned up, goes through the PA system. Uh, and then the vocals, of course. So well, from the very outset, I, I, I wanted to get a very big sound, as much going on as possible. So, so in a sense, it sounds like maybe two people or three people playing. So I uh, want people to appreciate the variety of styles, but also the impact the music has. I like lively audiences that join in, they clap, uh, bang, and just generally make a lot of noise. John Cramthon performs as part of the King's Place Festival on Sunday the 12th of September at 8.45pm. Not to be missed. From heartfelt blues to 12th century Latin plain song, courtesy of mezzo-soprano Laurie Lixenberg. We grabbed a coffee with Laurie at the cafe in King's Place to learn more about her as a singer and what to expect from her latest concert at King's Place. My name's Laurie Lixenberg. I'm a mezzo-soprano, but I suppose I apply opera singing to lots of different disciplines. We find ourselves at King's Place, and this is, this is somewhere that you've been to quite a few times already. Yes, I've done several performances here, mainly contemporary music. The last one I did here was Kurt Weill. Uh, it was a cabaret after dark concert. And it's a great new space in London. I presume you're more than happy for something like this to, to have come on the map. I think this space is absolutely unbelievable. I, I just think it's astonishing. And I love what's going on here. I love the programming. I think it's really imaginative and fresh. And also, I really, really like the rotunda. I think that bar is really great. So going back to the beginning for you, what was the first thing that sort of inspired you or kind of put you on the path to to become a singer? Uh, I was very, very young, um, and I had an amazing music teacher called Carol Ellefson who played us Maxwell Davis in the same lesson that she would play as Beethoven. We were singing all the time. And also, I was brought up Jewish, and the rabbi at the synagogue had the most astonishing voice. And I hated synagogue, but I loved going to listen to him. It was very, really beautiful. And would you, would you say that your career is maybe slightly different to somebody else from the classical world? Have you kind of, through various decisions, kind of gone down your own uh, path? Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways I really went about things in totally the wrong way. I didn't do it correctly. I didn't go to college to study singing. I really wish I had. I feel gaps in my knowledge, which is a result of that. What, what I did, I mean, I was a composer, really, to start with, but my compositions were terrible. And I spent most of my time singing other people's stuff. The way I learned was by hearing people who, who I loved, whose voices I thought, God, that's completely amazing, or they communicated something, and 
asking them for lessons or asking who taught them. So that's how I, that's how I personally learned how to sing, which is unconventional because normally you'd go to a music college and you'd have a teacher and work through a four-year programme with them. So I've been very true to myself, you know, and, and that's, that, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> and also I've just followed things that have absolutely fascinated me. Moving into the, the, the 100 Concert Festival, what specifically will you be, be doing within the, the September series of concerts? Well, I've been working with a very good friend of mine called Robert Crowe, who is a fantastic composer. And he's now based, well, for many years, he's been based in Klosterneuburg, just outside Vienna in Austria. And um, we've been doing projects together now for several years. And he shares my fascination with, with early music, liturgical music um, and myth. And all the projects we've done have been in this area really but the one we're presenting here is smaller scale and that it's based on the song of solomon um and it's about this ancient myth from the sumerian culture where the the shepherd king goes into the underworld and for so for six months of the year it's persephone basically but sumerian version and robert has set these sumerian chants interspersed them with this plain song which is based on the song of solomon so it's very, the texts are incredibly erotic, so you've got that tension between this very Catholic, these cool, very beautiful lines and this, these quite erotically charged words, yeah. <laughs> and then we're sort of combining it with um, animation from Austrian animators. And these animations are quite off the wall. I mean, we've got animations that use Barbie dolls and um, Ken. And, you know, lots of artists. There's about uh, seven animation films to go with this. So is it is it you electronics and the animation that's what they're experienced within within this concert is that, is that right? Um well it's myself animation there's also a shank player uh, who's a Viennese based Chinese uh, traditional Chinese musician um and yeah this animation and then live live processed electronics and live processed visuals I mean it sounds like a right old schlamozzle but actually it's incredibly clear. <laughs> I'd say it's like a, a song cycle. Uh, it's very visual, it's quite funny, but in, especially the visuals, some of them people are supposed to laugh, it is allowed. And hopefully that, that humour is, is actually highlighted by the beauty of the plain chant, because the plain chant and the traditional Chinese music is unbelievably beautiful. It's, it's, the, the music itself is astonishing. Laurie Luxemburg will perform Songs of Song, arranged by Robert Crowe, with animation from ADIFA Austria, and music by Viennese musician Ming Wang. This performance will be on Saturday the 11th of September at 7.30. So far we've featured a one-man blues troubadour, a mezzo-soprano challenging your conceptions of classical music, and lastly today we have a concert made with junk. Philip Venables has put together a concert neatly titled Rubbish Music. We learnt more. 
I'm curating and putting together the percussion jock band event at King's Place. The ensemble doesn't have a name. It's being brought together specially for this event. And so um, uh, what instruments or objects uh, make up your junk band? It's all sorts of stuff from used waste bins to oil cans to bits of cardboard and paper um, to an old Christmas tree to a bit of washing line to pots and pans, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. It's basically anything which you can find around the house or is being thrown away. And there seems to be a real popularity for music made from unusual objects such as junk with uh, West End shows such as Stomp. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely got a long tradition of of stuff like that. And even before shows like Stomp, I mean, particularly in New York, there's a great tradition of basically street bucket drumming. What we're doing is, I suppose, we're bringing that that instrumentation, if you like, or that idea, into more of a kind of art music setting. So the pieces that we're doing weren't necessarily written for junk, and we're adapting them to these homemade instruments. And you'll be performing a version of Steve Reich's clapping music but what if you've got no sense of rhythm? My dad, for instance, can't clap in time to save his life. Well, that is funny because when I was a kid, uh, I couldn't clap in time to save my life either. My mum desperately tried to get me uh, to clap along to, to Elton John records and stuff like that, but I couldn't. So I think some kind of rhythm in everybody. And uh, it just may, maybe takes a little bit longer to come out of some people. I have been curating these events, if you like, for the opening festivals each year since King's Place opened in 2008. And each year they've been getting more and more ambitious. So the first year we did an installation piece for 100 metronomes. And then last year we did a piece for an ensemble of loads of different toy pianos. Uh, And this year we're getting bigger and better and going for, yeah, junk, junk installation. And within the junk band, are there some more... Are are there some more unusual objects? I suppose, I mean, there's going to be some kind of novelty items as well. So we'll be, um, I mean, for example, there'll be like a range of music boxes and wind-up toys and stuff like that, which we'll be using in interesting ways. We've been slightly experimenting with sticking a mobile phone inside um, a bucket full of kind of nails. And then when you ring it and it vibrates, it kind of like makes a weird rattling sound. Whether or not we decide to use that in the performance or not, I don't know. Uh, because this thing is very much still being um, devised and and assembled, especially for the performances. Other stuff, we're going to be making a drum kit out of cardboard boxes and bits of tin foil and all that kind of stuff. So the idea with that is actually to try and make something which sounds as much like the real instrument as possible, but made out of stuff which probably costs about a pound in total to get together. As I say, we've been building up to this with participation events where people can come along and actually make their own instruments. So we're hoping that this is like the kind of culmination of that where you can really see what's possible. And I really, yeah, I really want the audience to get involved. We're going to have a few surprises uh, up our sleeves on the day as well. And there's going to be some other, other stuff kind of incorporated into the performance. For example, we've had people writing poems for us all about the idea of reusing rubbish and making new out of old and they are going to be kind of read out and incorporated into the performances but I'm not going to say any more than that there's a few other surprises as well 
Philip Venables and his junk band perform a free event on Saturday the 11th of September at 1.45pm and it promises to be one of the many highlights of this year's festival. You've been listening to the King's Place podcast. The events we've been talking about are in the third King's Place Festival, which runs from Thursday the 9th to Sunday the 12th of September. A hundred concerts in just four days, a showcase of jazz and blues, folk, classical, spoken word, comedy and experimental music. Tickets are available for just £4.50 per concert with discounts available through the telephone box office and multiple ticket purchases. Full details on our website or you can pick up a wonderful brochure from the venue itself. So please visit our website kingsplace.co.uk for more information about any of the events you've heard about and to book tickets. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the King's Place podcast. Presenting music, comedy Spoken word, poetry and art from around the world. kingsplace.co.uk